It's the Bridgeport Zone Podcast. I am Carlos Ortega. There's some interesting things that happened this past week in what I said in the city of Bridgeport and anything else that comes up in your old vast mind of yours. But first, let's hear from the one and only Mr. Billy Doggett. talk about it in the Connecticut Post this past week, and I find it utterly amazing that after I talked about it, the Connecticut Post decided to do a story on it. I'm not going to say I'm flattered. I think they're responsible to do so, but I'm just amazed that when things happen in a pre- and post-pandemic world, the newspapers decide to catch up on it. And to me, I think that's great. I'm grateful that they did talk about it because it needs to be talked about. We need to talk more about the issue of alcoholism, people drinking, people binge drinking, what have you. It needs to be talked about. I just think it has to be. Because this has been going on, as I said in my podcast, I'm going to say it again, pre and post pandemic alcoholism is on the rise. And good for the Connecticut Post to write about it, talk about it, talk about the many things that you should do. They had this little 12 steps that you should um, examine if you have an alcohol problem. It's through AA. I think you should look it up. You should because it is part of a problem that everybody has to go through. You have to go through this because you're the one opening up a beer, pouring yourself a drink, pouring shots, anything, anything that involves alcohol, you are the one consuming it. And here is my five, just five, five things that you should know if you have a problem. Simple. It's just simple. First one, and everybody, you know, starts out small and they 
Start out with a beer and so forth, and they worked their way up. Did you start by getting drunk with beer and then working your way to heavy, heavier alcohol, I should say? That would be one indication that you have a problem. Number two, did you ever have a hangover? You say no, you're lying. You say yes, then you're on your way. Number three, did you forget about having beers and just drunk straight alcohol? I mean straight, no rocks, no soda, none of that. Did you go do straight alcohol? That's number three. Number four, did you ever, and I mean ever, wake up in the morning all hungover and you had not a coffee but a liquor? And number five, lastly, have you ever been asked by somebody that you have a drinking problem and you said, no, I don't? And if you say yes or no to this, that's my five criteria. Now, like I said before on my before on my first podcast that I did about this, I thankfully learn by my mistakes because it is a problem. You have a problem if you have these five indicators. The biggest one for me is A, you said the heck with beer, and you went straight alcohol. Straight, 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 straight alcohol. No rocks, no soda, no anything. No, not even water. And number two is the last one. Did you ever wake up wanting alcohol instead of coffee and so forth? If you did, you have a problem. So if you ask yourself these questions, you either A, don't have a problem, and B, you do have a problem. Because that's what it's all about. Alcoholism is about your problem. You have to control it. And if you can't control it, nobody else is going to help you. It's all up to you. There are many rehab sites and so forth that could help you with this. Because I tell you right now, out of my five criterias, and I list five because I've been through all five. You know, there should be another one in there, but I don't add it on to it because that's a personal thing. You have a moment of clarity. Everybody has a moment of clarity when they're drunk, hungover, what have you. Sitting in your living room, sitting in your bedroom, sitting in a bathroom, sitting anywhere. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself and you're saying this this to yourself. What the fuck am I doing? You ask yourself that question. What the fuck am I doing? And you think you have a problem when you sit there. And you're asking yourself that question. What the fuck am I doing? And if you ask that question, hey, you got a problem. And I'm grateful the Connecticut Post wrote something about alcoholism. And this is post-pandemic. I'm talking about pre- and post-pandemic and during the pandemic. Because everybody during the pandemic was out there getting liquor. And they were getting good liquor. The heaviest of liquor. But now it's post-pandemic and people are wondering, what are we going to do now? Things are opening up. Things are looking on the upswing. Things are starting to look like we are getting back to opening real soon. That's all. You know, it's not a big deal. The pandemic is about to close. I'm not saying it's ending. But you have to understand, things do tend to cease. They tend to end Somehow, some way they do. And it looks that way. We still got that Delta variant. 
we might get locked down again. But in the meantime, you know, we talk about a lot of things. We don't talk about alcoholism a lot. And when we do talk about it, we don't talk about it in the ways that I talked about it. The things that I have done, the things that I have. Another thing that I have done, speaking about that, got so drunk, and I'm thankful for this, got so drunk coming from one city to another, one town to another. I ate all the stop signs. Ate all the stop signs. Ate them all. I was that drunk. Did not know how I got home. Didn't. Last thing I knew, I woke up, and I'm like, how the fuck did I get home? Really, that's what I asked. How the fuck did I get home? When you ask that question after doing all that, alone in your car, nobody's there with you. You have a problem. And I hear it all the time from people. I don't know how I got home, man. I don't know. I don't know how I got home, man. I got so fucked up, man. I don't know how I got home. You got a problem. So either you can control it or you can take it as a man, woman, child, what have you, and say to yourself, I need help. And if you say that, hey, you're on your way. You're on your way. But if you don't, you're going to have the same old cliche problems going out drinking, drinking with your friends, saying, hey, let's go out and have a good time. And then you wind up like that person who has to spend $10,000 on legal fees, uh, so forth, bail, like that commercial. No, you don't want to do that. You don't. You want to do the right thing. And please, please check yourself. Please check yourself. Because if you don't check yourself, nobody else will. And that's going to be your downfall. So I'm grateful to the Connecticut Post that they wrote something about alcoholism. It is on the rise. It is going to be a problem. And I hope more people would pay attention to this because it is going to be a problem now to whenever. So please get a hold of it. I'm going to talk about another problem in the city of Bridgeport. It's candidates not filing their uh, finances for getting reelected. I'll have that after this. getting elected 
in any election. Any. So, when you hear reports about this person raising that much money, that person raising that much money, you have to pay close attention to it because it's going to be some of those things where a candidate could win, a candidate could lose, and a candidate you don't want to get elected, not get elected. I'm sorry I said that, but it's true. There are a lot of candidates out there that don't deserve your time of day. Plain and simple. They don't deserve to hold an office. I don't care what office it is. I don't care who it is. If they're not doing their job, and as usual, they go around two, four, six years, and they want your hand out to get elected, guess what? There comes a point in time where they're not going to be the people you want holding office, representing your district. That's the facts. Those are hardcore facts about running for public office. You either have the money or you don't. And the other thing about it is, if you, even if you do have the money, even if you do have all that money that you get from citizens and you get from the city, that doesn't mean you're going to get elected. It doesn't. So when I see people like Wanda Simmons and Victoria Majewski, Majewski, and I'll spell it M-A-J-E-W-S-K-I, Victoria, raise more dollars than Council President Edie Nieves and Maria Valley. Now, it's got to ask you a question. Isn't that a little of a message to send to the president of the city council, Maria, not Maria Valley, Edie Nieves and Maria Valley, you need to raise more funds. You need to raise more money. You need to go out there and do a little something called retail politics. Go out there. Hey, shake the hands. Can't do the normal things. You can't go out there. Hey, I'm going to the Bridgeport Puerto Rican Day Parade. I'm going to get more money, more cash. I don't mean shit. You got to go out there and mingle with the people and hear them out. You're the president of the city council, Maria Valley. You represent the east end of Bridgeport or the east side of Bridgeport, whatever. And you need to hear from them. Maybe you might get more funds. You might get more money. But as of right now, you are getting your butts kicked when it comes to raising money. Maybe it's what I've been saying all along. People are tired of the same old politics in Bridgeport. They want results. They want a better downtown. They want a better east side. They want a better east end. They want a better north end. They want a better south end. They want a better West End. They want everything to be better. And this council ain't doing enough of it. So when you hear things like that, and you also hear 21 of the 49 donations 
to Edie Nieves and Maria Valley's campaign are 43% were made by those in the city's payroll, which means the people who are donating are donating through their own paychecks. That's not raising money. You know what raising money is? You go out, go to the door, hey, raise money. Have people come by and hear what you have to say. It's not raising money. Retail politics, that's what it's all about. You gotta go out there and meet the masses. That's not raising money. Getting it from the city's payroll. Come on. I mean, I could do that at my own job. I don't live in the town that I live in. I live in Bridgeport. The thing is, you have to go out and meet the masses. And I mean the people of the city of Bridgeport. And it also tells me another thing. They're taking this election for granted. They really are. They're taking this election for granted. They think, hey, hey, I'm going to be city councilwoman, city president of the city council. No problem. Who are these two people? They're not going to beat us. Hello? You're getting outraised by them, and you're getting your donations to city payroll. Now, come on. Of the $4,125 that Nieves and Valley raised, for their own campaign, $1,485, or 36% of it, was from the city payroll. Now, I don't know if that's legal, but that's not retail politics. If that's retail politics, then somebody tell me something. You gotta meet the masses. Gotta go out there and campaign. You gotta go out and see and hear and how the people feel. What needs to be done? How do you improve downtown? How do you improve the East End? That's all. And by the way, improving downtown doesn't mean the amphitheater. I mean, come on. That's an improvement of downtown. Improvement of downtown is Main Street. That's how you improve downtown. Main Street. That's how you improve it. Not the other way around. Main Street. So if you're going to improve you're standing in the city. You have to improve downtown. Downtown, where they used to have a mall. Now we have shit. No, let me change that. Who's the town of community college? It's a nice move. I give them that. But where are the retailers at? Where are the bars at? Where are the restaurants at? Ralph and Riches? I've been there. It's a good place. But come on. This city has to do better. And if you don't have people that think they can do better, it's time to let them go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But if $4,125 of the money that they raise is from the city's payroll, $1,485 of it, 36%, that's not money you're getting holding, shaking hands, and giving hugs and asking the people what needs to be done. That isn't. It is not the way it should be. You got to do it the right way. You got to go out there and meet the masses. Again, I'll say it again. Meet the masses. Unbelievable. City Council members Ernie the Hat Newton and Anita Martinez have still not filed their July the 10th finance report in violation of state law. Now, I don't know if they've been arrested. I don't know if they've been arrested. Uh, charged with anything i don't know if there's a warrant out for their arrest again just saying those two have records 
But if it's a violation of state law, they got to report it. They got to report it. You got to report what you're raising, how much money you're getting in. I mean, you can't hide it. You can't put it under your sofa and have a rainy day fund. It's campaign money, financial reports. How much money did you raise this past month? How much money you raised the last month, prior months? You can't just say, hey, I'm not going to report anything. And I don't think they're going to do that. But you got to report it. You can't, just can't leave it out there. Big, big matzo ball and say, I'm not going to report anything. Can't do that. You can't. Now, I'm going to be fair about this. All this is from Maria Pereira, current city council member. She's running in a re-election campaign herself. She's reporting this. And to be honest about it, if she's right, and the majority of the time she has been, there's a problem here. Problem is the city of Bridgeport and its candidates think this is okay. And it's not. You can't run campaigns like this. You can't run a campaign where you say, I'm not going to report my finances. It's none of their business. It is their business. It's a state law. You have to report it. And for Edie Nieves and Maria Valley, you can't get $1,485, 36% of your campaign money through the city's payroll. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And if you don't think it's a problem, guess what? You're finding out it is. I don't know why they think. Why they think they could get away with it. And if you think 21 of the 49 donations to Nieves and Valley's campaign were those made in the city's payroll, that's a problem. You got to, got to go about it above board. Clean. By the book. Can't do it by the book. You can't get elected, as far as I'm concerned. But they think they can get away with it because they can. And they can. So kudos to Maria Pereira for pointing this out because it's an issue. It's a big issue. So come on. All you candidates, you can't get reelected fair and square. You got to do the right thing. You got to get your donations. You got to talk to the people. You got to talk to the masses. If you don't want to talk to the people, guess what? You're not going to get reelected. Because right now, these days, there are a lot of candidates who are on short leashes. Very short leashes. And guess what? They ain't going to be reelected. And they won't get your vote. And in my district... Some people here, they're not going to get the vote for me either. I'll have more after this. This past Sunday was the Fairfield County Puerto Rican Day Parade. And I did not attend. Now you might ask yourself, why didn't you go? Well, I went to watch the Forever Purge. Forever Purge was alright. I didn't think it was good, I didn't think it was bad, it was alright. But people ask me, you know, should have gone to the parade or celebrating the first responders, the nurses, the doctors during COVID-19. 
I would have gone, but here's the issue. Sometimes you don't need to go to a place where you're watching the same thing over and over again. You watch it because you want to watch it. And the thing I'm talking about is I'm getting sick and tired of this city putting a parade or planning a parade on Park Avenue just because it's in direct line of Seaside Park. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's in direct line of somebody else's sight. I mean, you got Park Avenue. You block it off. People who ride bicycles go through there. One section of the street's blocked off. The other one isn't. They could ride their bikes in there. And another thing, how in the world can you have that parade on Main Street? You have the St. Patrick's Day parade there. How come you can't have it on Main Street? It's amazing how this city has a parade. Hey, put it on Park Avenue and work out well there. But St. Patrick's Day parade, Main Street, Bridgeport, can't have it there. You ever ask yourself that question? Never, ever has anybody asked that question. Why is the parade only on Park Avenue? Well, they thought it was a direct line to Seaside Park, as I said earlier. Come on. Really? A direct line to Seaside Park? Well, if that's the case, it could be a direct line to Beersley Park, and there is no direct line to Beersley Park. It could be a direct line to Newfield Park, and there's no direct line. It could be a direct line to Winfield Park, and Winfield Park is somewhere on the south end. No direct line. Hey, how about this? Have it on State Street. Have a direct line to Winfield Park. Come on. Every year has to be a Park Avenue, and every year somebody has to tell me that's where it has to be. No. Not on Park Avenue. you got to have a parade where you have both sides of the street covered. What I mean by covered, no cars in that area. That's all. That's all you need to do. Tell the cars, hey, move it. Nobody thinks. No one. Nobody in the city thinks. They think, oh, it's fine. We can have it there. Actually, nobody wants it there. I shouldn't say actually nobody doesn't want it there. I don't want it there meaning Park Avenue. Put it on Main Street. See what happens. You get a lot more people. You get a lot more people watching. You get a lot more people uh, doing stuff. You don't have so many bicycles riding down Main Street because you're not going to have any bicycles riding on Main Street. Because you know why? For the simple reason. They're not going to be allowed to. Even though Main Street is two sections, east and west, they can't ride there. Rides are going to take it all up. So try it out. It might work. But I'm naive. I think things are going to be turning out well. I think these is going to be the best thing that could happen if they change the parade route. But it's not going to happen. Nobody's not going to speak up on it. Nobody. Why shouldn't they? Who is going to speak up when they have to speak up? People in the Puerto Rican Day Committee who plans these things? You've got to speak up. If the St. Patrick's Day Parade is held on Main Street, how come this parade can't be held on Main Street? Ask yourself that question, please, for once in your life. Ask a question. Have you ever asked a question? I don't think you have. You haven't asked a question at all. And I don't know why you don't ask that question, because it would be a great spot to have it, right on Main Street. People will fill that street up, and everybody will have a good time. It won't be as boring because a lot of people have not gone 
because they've all said the parade is boring. Boring. B-O-R-I-N-G. Boring. It's boring. Same old parade, same old sponsors, same old people on the floats, same city council people, the mayor walking down the street, the senators, Congress people, all kinds of people, state reps, state senators, all walking in the parade. And guess what? It's boring. You don't think it's boring. You have to make improvements every single year for a boring parade. Now, I will give you this. You were celebrating the first responders, nurses, doctors because of COVID. Great. But you know you are boring when you have the same old sponsors. When you have the same old people doing the same old stuff and you have the same old thing. When you have the same old stuff you have every single year. You do. I've seen it so many times that I'm like, that's me yawning. If it hasn't registered on people that your parade is not that good, then you need to like take a step back and say to yourself, how do we improve it? Well, one thing I've already said, you change the parade route. The parade route change will be a welcome sight. Have it there. Plus, try to get TV coverage. I mean, you can't get TV coverage. You can't tell News 12 to take a half hour out of their out of their boring, repetitive news to say, hey, do something live here for us. Cover the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Can't ask them to do that. I mean, they've done it before. What seems to be the problem? Please ask them because it's it's a simple thing to do. Just ask. So that's all. Just ask them. Just ask. See what they say. Oh, we have a budget. We cover news. We'll get Frank out there. Frank Reck, yeah, that is. And it's all going to be fine. Try. Make an effort. Call News 8. They can bring some people up here. But you need to make some good changes to make this more of an attractive parade. That's all I'm saying. Just make it a more attractive parade. Get some great live entertainment. Get some people here to entertain. That's all. That's all I ask. That's all I wish for. But you know, I got to be honest with you. As I said before, Bridgeport gets to be the cliche of doing things very boring. I got to say this. You know, you don't have to listen to me. If you don't want to listen to me, that's up to you. But in all seriousness, if you want a parade like this one to succeed, have it on Main Street, get TV coverage, and also get better entertainment. That's all. I'm not asking for much. Get better entertainment. Get better entertainment. Thank you.
conclude this edition of the Bridgeport Zone podcast. I'm the host of the podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. Every Wednesday at 9 o'clock, that's when we do this. I'll see you next time for another edition of the B.O.P. Show. See you later. <laughs>